Welcome to Audiobook Test Drive. In today's episode, we are featuring an excerpt from Miranda's Dragon, a babysitting adventure that's out of this world, written by Tony V. Sweeney. The classified ad read, Nanny Wanted must have desire for excitement, adventure, and danger. When Miranda Wilson is hired to care for Dominic Andrus's triplets, she has no idea she's about to have the adventure of a lifetime. At first it's like the plot of a gothic novel. Young governess, mysterious employer, three motherless children. But there the resemblance ends, for Dominic Andrus is an interplanetary criminal, hiding his children on Earth to prevent their abduction. As she's thrown into a war between the Andruses and a madman sworn to destroy them, Miranda's life becomes a wild sci-fi movie. She takes it all in stride until she meets Kit, Dominic's younger brother, a man nursing a secret anguish. Miranda's ready to risk her life to save her young charges and the man she loves, even if it means she'll never see Earth again. Being a nanny has never been so exciting, or so deadly. And now for your listening pleasure, an excerpt from Miranda's Dragon. Chapter 1 Tell me, Miss Wilson. Dominic Andrus smiled at the young woman sitting across from him. Why do you wish to work for me? Do you crave excitement, adventure, and danger? Would being a nanny really give me those things, Mr. Andrus? Miranda smiled in return. Frankly, I can't envision working as a glorified babysitter as being either dangerous or exciting. You haven't met my children, he replied quietly, with more than a touch of irony. Why did you answer my ad? She paused a moment, thinking about that, before looking down at the folded paper lying in her lap. The ad Dominic Andrus had placed in the New York Times was visible. Nanny wanted, must have desire for, and ability to accept, excitement, adventure, and danger. It had been only forty-eight hours since she saw the ad. After only a few moments' consideration, Miranda dialed the phone number given, listening to the recorded message. This is Dominic Andrus. If you are calling in answer to my ad, please leave your name and phone number. He returned her call the next day, asked for a meeting, and here she was. Idly, she wondered how many other applicants had sat across the table from him, and if she had any chance of being hired. Well, as my resume says... She gestured at the typewritten sheet near his elbow he had yet to read. I ran a small babysitting service while I was in college, taking care of graduate students' children, mostly. She paused before adding, I like children, and I think we get along. My brother tells me it's because I've never really grown up. Kids can relate to me. Mentally, she winced. Am I rambling? Why can't I simply answer and be done with it? Do I need all that explanation? He smiled again. She thought he had the most charming smile. It made his face glow. It was an impressive face, dramatic, 
like something from a medieval Italian painting of one of the Borgias, or the Medici. Aesthetic, but handsome, with high cheekbones and a strong, noble nose. His hair was dark, almost black, combed back from his forehead and pulled into a tight ponytail, tied low on his neck. Miranda imagined that hair was probably the bane of his existence, though it appeared thick and straight. She was certain it had been heavily gelled. She could see tiny waves forming around his temples. By the time he left the restaurant, she was certain there would be little curls bounding across his forehead. A small diamond stud, simple and discreet, glittered from his left earlobe. He was dressed in the height of masculine fashion, a navy suit with an equally dark shirt, Dolce and Gabbana, if she wasn't mistaken, a burgundy silk tie in a subtle diamond pattern, breast pocket handkerchief of the same color. Dominic Andrus looked as if he'd stepped out of the pages of Gentleman's Quarterly. Metrosexual? Probably. A drop-dead hunk? Definitely, and absolutely mouth-watering. She certainly envied his wife. "'You have a childlike mind,' he stated. His eyes, the color of translucent jade, twinkled at her. "'More likely a childish mind,' she laughed. "'At least that's what Tracy says.' "'Tracy?' "'My brother.' You have a large family? A slight frown appeared. She wanted to stroke his forehead until the frown disappeared and flushed slightly at that absurd thought. Stop it, Miranda. This is a job interview, not speed dating. Just Tracy and myself. We rarely see each other since I graduated. He lives in California now. Ah, I see. She wasn't certain exactly what he saw, but her answer seemed to satisfy him, because the frown disappeared. He wouldn't mind your traveling? Not at all. In fact, that's the real reason I answered the ad. Because your brother doesn't mind if you travel? His eyes were smiling again. She could imagine him looking at a woman, drowning her in that pale greenness, she felt a little smothered herself. A little? All right, admit it. A lot. Help, give me air. Because I need a job. You see, my parents are... Well, Tracy and I are orphans. He's older than I am, and he put me through school. Now he expects me to take care of myself. And you think being a... Glorified babysitter is the answer. Had she said the wrong thing? She'd meant it as a joke. His accent told her he was a foreigner. Perhaps he hadn't understood that? She couldn't tell from his expression. Well, for a moment she stammered uncertainly, then plunged on. As I said, I like children, and to tell the truth... I don't want just any job. I want something unusual. Unusual. His expression changed, showing definite interest. Encouraged, she explained. 
I don't want to be a secretary chained to a desk, or a waitress lugging trays of food all day, or... In other words, he supplied, you want adventure, excitement, and danger? I suppose I do. She sounded surprised, as if she'd suddenly realized that fact. Miss Wilson, with my children. There was that smile again. You might get all three, and demand hazard pay as well. Miranda allowed herself a little laugh of relief. Why don't you tell me about them? He didn't answer immediately. Instead, he leaned back, studying the drink on the table before him, one slim finger tracing the curved rim of the glass. She could imagine him at the head of a conference table, closing a business deal, pausing slightly before delivering the blow calculated to bring his competitor to his knees. Briefly, she was startled to realize the heart of a ruthless predator probably lurked beneath that dark blue shirt. But oh, to be that predator's helpless prey, even for an hour. For several seconds, he was silent before looking at her again. I'm sorry. I've been remiss in my role as host. Would you like a drink? He looked around, ready to signal a waiter. Uh, that's all right. I don't drink. Do you cultivate that other vice? Smoking? No, I'm afraid I'm a bit of a health nut. Immediately she wondered why she should apologize for not polluting her body. Did it make her sound naive or defensive? He nodded, his expression neither condemning nor applauding her statement. For a moment longer, he sat as if in deep thought, then said, with a tone indicating he'd made a decision, I have four children, Miss Wilson. She tried not to look surprised, and failed. He didn't appear old enough. Surely he was only in his late twenties. I was married very young, he went on. It was a business arrangement between two very influential families to consolidate their power. That was followed by a sigh, a wave of those expressive hands. Unfortunately, the relationship between our families deteriorated about the same time as the one between myself and my wife. She left me, taking my youngest children with her. My oldest son, Dominic Taz, uh, that translates as junior in your language, was left with me. Miranda was silent. He has custody of only one child? But didn't he say children before? She nodded, encouraging him to continue. I've spent considerable time and much worry trying to regain guardianship of my younger offspring. His voice trailed away. Briefly, he stared at his glass before raising and draining it, commenting as he set it down. The waiter called this vodka said it was quite potent. I find it somewhat weak. He looked at Miranda again. Last year, my ex-wife died, and the children were sent back to me. Thus, the custody battle became moot. 
Lowering his voice, he leaned forward, abruptly earnest. They're little savages, Miss Wilson. Their mother's family, my dubiously esteemed in-laws, have ruined them, alternately coddling then ignoring them, and letting them run wild, giving them rein to do whatever they want as long as it's contrary to my own wishes. He sighed, spreading his hands helplessly. An apologetic and boyishly sheepish smile tilted the perfect lips. That's what you'll be facing if I hire you. Do you think you're equal to the task of taming my little beasts? Not a very complimentary way to speak of one's children, Miranda thought. Probably to Dominic Andrus, whom she envisioned as living in a Mediterranean palazzo, with priceless paintings, sculptures, and spotless marble floors, a home as impeccable and well-groomed as the man himself, facing three unruly children would be a frightening experience, even if they were one's own. Especially if they were one's own. Yes, Mr. Andrus, I do. Miranda smiled, a confidence she didn't feel. He signaled to a passing waiter and ordered another drink, waited until it was before him, then said, Tell me, Miss Wilson, do you like to read? Read? As a matter of fact, I do. Her ratty little one-roomer was filled with books. What kind of books? Um, all kinds, but mostly I like mysteries and paranormal thrillers. She smiled at the thought of the stacks of Dean Kuntz, Jim Butcher, and Laurel K. Hamilton novels lying beside her bed, all in various stages of being read, places marked with ribbons, shreds of toilet paper, and occasionally an actual bookmark. But not those silly romances. Ah, the green eyes held interest. You have something against romance? Of course not, she denied. It's just that they're so... artificial. Nothing like those stories could ever happen in real life. Shapeshifter helping a newspaper reporter? <laughs> nope. Next-door neighbor a practicing wizard? Uh-uh. Vampires hiring governesses? Her voice trailed away. Oops, better take that back fast. With his looks, this guy would make a to-die-for vamp. She changed it to time-traveling aliens, menacing fashion models? <laughs> Never. What about science fiction? How do you feel about that? Science fiction? She looked blank. You know, what's that genre? He frowned as if searching for a better definition. Uh... Speculative fiction, Little Green Men, Bug-Eyed Monsters, Battlestar Galactica, Star Trek. A pause, a slight smile. Men in Black. Why, yes, as a matter of fact, I do. So you like to read of other worlds, and rocket travel, and men from outer space? She nodded. Why? He sounded as if he really wanted to know. Why? 
She thought a moment. Why do I like it? She'd never before considered the reason. I guess because it's entertaining? Because it might be true? Because... Because it gives you vicarious adventure, excitement, etc. Is he laughing at me? She was surprised to realize he appeared completely serious. In a way, yes. It came out defiantly. She couldn't help it. Do you believe in UFOs? I've never seen one, and if someone told me they had, I'd probably call the men with the butterfly nets. She allowed herself a small smile. But secretly... I'd like to think there are extraterrestrials, Mr. Andrus. That we're not alone in the universe? And most important of all, that they're friendly? Have you ever thought what you might do if you were to meet an alien? He spoke that one word as if it provoked amusing thoughts. Briefly, it appeared as if he might actually laugh. He didn't. Not really. She was surprised by this turn in the conversation, as well as that she'd admitted it. From children to flying saucers, what next? But I'm sure I'd like to meet E.T., providing he, it, was friendly. If those, um, E.T.'s do exist, do you think they'd land in a flying saucer somewhere? Say, on the White House lawn, perhaps? Scenes from Independence Day, Earth vs. the Flying Saucers, Cowboys and Aliens, flitted through her mind. Of great saucer-shaped discs doing exactly that. Oh, she laughed both at the absurdity of his suggestion and her own imagination. You've been watching too many late-night movies. Or would they simply infiltrate the population? He went on. Live among the people and learn from them, and then leave, without anyone ever knowing. Since we're speaking hypothetically... Miranda answered, thinking the conversation was beginning to sound less like a job interview and more like one of those get-togethers while she was at college, where they sat around and dissected the latest TV episode or movie. I'd pick the latter. It'd certainly be the safest way, as anyone who's ever seen a sci-fi movie knows. Earthlings have a habit of shooting first and asking questions afterward. Dominic Andrus nodded, and she was surprised to realize her answer apparently satisfied him. In that case, Miss Wilson, did you ever think you may have already met an alien? Miranda pressed the button and listened as the buzzer sounded inside the apartment. She had been carefully screened by the downstairs security guard, as well as the clerk at the desk, before being allowed to take the elevator to the penthouse apartment. The clerk had also called the penthouse to let them know she was on her way. What security? Miranda was impressed. Several minutes passed before she heard footsteps coming to the door. Dominic Andrus opened the door. When he said, 
You must be Melissa. Uh, Melinda? She realized the man greeting her wasn't her prospective employer. A brother, perhaps? He certainly resembled Mr. Andrus. Miranda, she corrected. Williams? Wilson. Whatever. He shrugged with a totally guileless smile. I'm Dominic Taz. They call me Nicky. He held out his hand. Miranda placed her own in it, receiving a quick, cold grasp, a little awkwardly, as if he wasn't accustomed to shaking hands, before it was released. Please, come in. He stepped back, swinging the door wide, allowing her to enter. In the light from inside, she saw he was much younger than Mr. Andrus, though as tall. His hair was also dark, though infinitely more curly. No moose for this guy. With those same green eyes. He was dressed a little more casually than her new boss, in gray slacks with a black turtleneck under a corduroy jacket. In one hand, he held a glass filled with ice cubes and dark liquid, as Miranda walked into the little foyer, he shut the door, coming to stand beside her. Abruptly, she felt a little disturbed by his nearness. He brushed past her, walked on into the living room, and motioned for her to follow him. She looked around with interest at the tastefully furnished room as he said, "'May I get you a drink? That seems to be the first thing everyone asks around here.' "'No.' Thanks. As I told Mr. Andrus, I don't drink. But they tell me this is non-alcoholic. He held up his glass. As a comical name. Very melodious. Coca-Cola. He sang the word, waggling the glass and causing the cubes to clink together. It's pleasant tasting, though the bubbles do sting a bit. Taking a sip from his glass, he faced her, brilliant eyes inquisitive and assessing. Miranda stared back at him, remembering what Dominic Andrus had told her. I'd like you to meet my oldest son, Miss Wilson. Usually he's with me, doesn't let me out of his sight. But today I managed to convince him to let me do my interviewing alone. She'd thought he simply described a spoiled and very possessive child, but if this was Dominic Andrus's oldest, why did he need a nanny? Surely this man was at least her age. Mr. Andrus. He made a correcting gesture with one hand. Uh, Nicky. He gave an approving nod. May I ask how old you are? She spoke gently, not wanting to sound impolite. Certainly. His answer was prompt. His accent was similar to his father's, purring the intonation on the wrong syllables. But she still couldn't place it, couldn't tell which country. By your calculations, I'm... Twenty-six. Twenty-six? That surprised her. Three years older than she. I don't understand. Surely you don't need a nanny. I certainly don't. He laughed a little ruefully. Though Papa often swears I need a keeper. Still, he appreciates me when things get rough. 
That had an ominous ring to it. You're to take care of my younger brothers and sister. Teach them. Tend them. Keep them out of the way. Things like that. Papa simply felt that, as his eldest and heir, I should have some say-so in the selection of my sibling's nurse. That was when she realized Dominic Andrus had told her very little about the children. She'd been so dazzled by his good looks and his questions about aliens, with that digression into her reading habits, she'd forgotten to ask. How old are they? Ten. Miranda's eyebrows rose slightly as she mentally calculated the disparity between his age and theirs. So Nicky's sixteen years older. Well... My parents were reconciled long enough for their conception, Randa. She smiled at the way he'd already shortened her name into a nickname. Presumptuous, perhaps, but she'd decided she liked it. And parted permanently soon after. They're triplets. Triplets? And sixteen years younger than the eldest son. My, my... She was beginning to have new respect for Dominic Andrus, who still didn't look old enough to have a child Nikki's age. Are they here? Do they give their approval, too? She looked around, as if expecting to see three identical little Andruses peeping from under the coffee table. Nikki shook his head. Papa felt they weren't quite up to such a journey just yet. Their ages, you know. She didn't understand, but nodded anyway. They'll be arriving... His expression changed. The tanned face lost some of its color. For just a moment, he leaned against the chair beside him, shivering slightly. Are you all right? She dared touch his arm as he straightened. Excuse me. He apologized. My body still hasn't adjusted to being in this... country. Jet lag? She was sympathetic. Yes, that's it. His eyes brightened. Jet lag. By the time I do become accustomed, we'll probably be gone again. He sighed. It's always that way. You and your father must do a lot of traveling. Miranda envisioned a pair of carefree globetrotters, father and son playboys, New York today, Paris tomorrow, Hong Kong the day after, and always with a string of glamorous women trailing behind them. We never stay in one place very long, not even home. Papa can't seem to keep away from trouble, or maybe it's the other way around. That really worries our family, so wherever he goes, I have to go too. Anyway, that's why he needs someone to look after the brats. We'll be gone, and you'll be stuck at home with them. He gave a dramatic shudder and rolled his eyes heavenward. At least you won't have the two of us underfoot, too. She nearly protested having either Dominic Andrus or Dominic Taz underfoot wouldn't be such an inconvenience. Nicky, you can be under my feet as much as you like— or any other part of my anatomy. Her gaze flicked quickly to his zipper and away so he wouldn't see the sudden flush that thought brought. What did he tell you, anyway? 
Luckily, Nicky hadn't noticed. About us, I mean. Hardly anything, really. We spent a good portion of my interview discussing science fiction movies. She expected him to laugh at his father's vagary. Instead, he looked anxious. Do you like science fiction? What is this? Are they both sci-fi freaks, or such avid readers they'll want someone who'll put up with their leaving books scattered around the apartment? Before she could answer, he went on. What do you think of real science? Mir, the shuttles, Voyager 2, this proposed Martian colony, that type of thing. I think it's wonderful. I envy anyone who will participate in something like that. I wish I had the training for such a thing, but... She sighed. I don't, so... So you applied to be a nanny? I wouldn't put it quite like that, but yes. Her chin went up defiantly as she answered. How about travel to other planets? He tilted the glass, allowing one of the ice cubes to slide into his mouth, crushing it noisily. Everybody knows it's feasible, just as soon as they figure out some way to conquer the time-distance factor. Listen to me, I sound as if I know what I'm talking about. Maybe by developing a warp drive or something like they use on Star Trek? Ah, yes, Star Trek. He nodded agreeably, gave a final crunch, and swallowed the last of his ice. Draining the remaining Coke, he looked around for somewhere to set the glass and placed it on the cocktail table. An amazing phenomenon, practically an institution. I've monitored, I mean... Watched a few of their trans shows. Amusing dramatizations, some of them very close to reality, actually, but mostly entertaining speculation. He laughed and raised one eyebrow, intoning in a Mr. Spock like voice. Fascinating. Miranda didn't like his demeaning one of her favorite television shows, but didn't say so. It wasn't good business to insult a prospective employer's son. She decided to laugh along with Nicky. Besides, it had been a pretty good imitation of the Vulcan's characteristic catchword. She was more concerned with preventing the damp glass from making a ring on the table, automatically pulling a tissue out of her pocket and sliding it under the glass like a coaster. If she wasn't mistaken, that was mahogany Nicky was potentially ruining with a rich boy's nonchalance. Would you like to go to another planet, Randa? He smiled as he watched her with the glass. Of course. She didn't hesitate. Providing I could get back safely. What if you couldn't? She shrugged. Then I'd hope I could at least let my brother know I was alive and well. Hmm. He thought that over, as if it were terribly important. Immediately, the brilliant eyes twinkled, as his father's had, almost teasing. Are you willing to travel? Go to another... country? I don't have a passport. You won't need one, he assured her. We'll be crossing no borders requiring papers. Oh? 
Where would that be? Since 9-11, even Canada and Mexico require identity checks, don't they? You see, here's where the adventure comes in. He lowered his voice and leaned forward, and Miranda automatically moved towards him as he went on in a softer tone. Did Papa explain that until a few months ago, my brothers and sister were living with my mother's family? She nodded. They've been trying to get the trips back again. The trips? My nickname for them. It's easier than always saying triplets. That's why we're in New York. They have no authority on this plan... in this place. Still, they might try to follow us, so if one of their representatives should appear... He shrugged. It might be necessary to pack up and move quite quickly. Did that mean Dominic Andrus was hiding out from his former in-laws? Though their meeting had been brief, Miranda already had an opinion that the man she'd met in the restaurant wasn't the type to run away from anything, even to keep his children. He'd exuded power and an expectation of being obeyed. If he was as controlling as he appeared, why didn't he simply take his ex-relatives to court and legally keep them away? Hadn't he said he belonged to a wealthy family? If he had enough money, he could probably illegally fend them off also. She wasn't naive enough to think such things weren't done. All the time, the newspapers were full of stories of such power plays among the rich and famous. Anyway, Nicky went on, anything that's needed, Papa's people will handle. He shrugged good-naturedly. You needn't worry. She was glad Dominic Andrus was so influential. It confirmed her thoughts. Again, she wondered where they were from. Andrus. It sounded Greek. Was he like the late Mr. Onassis, with a yacht anchored in the harbor, ready to sail at a moment's notice? Abruptly, Nicky looked serious, his smile flickering off like a faulty electric light. He took her hands, and Miranda was startled by how cold they were, just as his father's had been when he'd shaken hands with her in the restaurant. Are you ready for your adventure, Randa? Before she could answer, he released her and walked to a nearby door, tapping on it with a knuckle. The door opened, and Dominic Andrus came out. Father and son looked at each other. Seeing them together, Miranda was struck by how much alike they were. Standing beside his filial double, however, made Dominic look older than he originally appeared. Not enough to matter, she thought charitably. Well, Dominic asked. Nicky nodded. She'll do. They both looked at Miranda. Dominic smiled. After a moment, so did Nicky his face a replica of his father's. Warm, friendly, intimate. She'll do very well, Nicky affirmed. Miranda wondered why that made her shiver. We hope you enjoyed listening to this excerpt from Miranda's Dragon. If you would like to hear the entire audiobook, 
It can be purchased at Amazon.com, Audible.com, and iTunes.com.